Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome Hello. to Hello. this episode, this special episode. Hello. Special because Hello. stuff's gone on. Yeah, stuff's it's, gone on. We like to call it a special episode as if it's like a bonus. It's actually just a weekly one. It's just special because Sarah's been relegated. No, don't spoil it, mate. Don't spoil it. All Before right, we right. get into it, a little bit of admin. Flats and I. Ladmin. Bit of dadmin. Flats and I. Oh. <laughs> dad bod. I have it. Not me. I, my, my, I used to have a dad bod, but I, I was a pro. I got a lad bod. Um, the 8th of February, Flats and I are going to be in Scotland for the Calcutta Cup. We're going to be doing a live show oh, yeah. early on before the game, so won't spoil any of your pre-match hospitality, drinks, anything you've got going on. Um, it's like a breakfast time event, isn't it? It's going to be around that time, yeah, brunch maybe. So stay tuned uh, to our Twitter account, to Facebook. We're going to announce... Uh, where that's going to be, ticket sales. We'll have a special guest, as always. And be quick, because tickets go really fast. And that's partly it's partly to do with the fact that it, we're incredibly popular and also to do with the fact we, we never have it in rooms that can seat more than 12 people, just so we can always say we sell out. And you have a massive extended family as well who love coming to the events. Yeah, I've got a Maidstone crew. There's, mm. there's 46 of them coming up. So. Um, we're also going to be in Flatiron Square on the 19th of February in the evening. Um, we again, we will have someone absolutely awesome with us. Awesome, yeah. Mm. Um, to be confirmed. Um, I mean, we got one in the pipeline, but we can't quite announce him or her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keep you waiting. Tease you. Yeah, and it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we had one that we thought of, we thought we really good, but because it is an event uh, put on by a um, drinks company, an alcohol brand, um, who encouraged responsible drinking. We couldn't have him on because it was a he has been uh, very publicly done for drink driving. Have you guessed it? 
It's not Mike Tyndall. <sighs> so anyway, basically, stay done, tuned. Been done twice. Stay yeah. tuned for all information. Uh, that will be released. Um, you'll be able to purchase tickets, and we'll let you know who's coming along. Hey, presumably, Tins is one step closer to the throne, isn't he? You know? Mate, he's right up there, especially after they... Uh, was it denouncing? Oh, they're not abdicating the throne. They're is it denouncing? No, denouncing slagging something off, isn't it? Uh they're walking away, relinquishing royal titles and duties. Yes, can't believe it. To live a nomadic life in uh, Canada. Do you know what? I know he shouldn't get involved and people are really all over it. Do you know what? Do you know what's really annoyed me about I think it's disgraceful about Harry and Meghan, and I mean this. The fact that they have decided to have a life that actually makes them happy. And to go away and disappear from the public eye, um, I think it's an absolute disgrace. I think they owe us. Um, and I mean, why? Why should they be happy and have privacy? Why should they? I knew you were going to have an opinion on it soon. Because no, I'm joking. I'm, do you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually not asked. I'm not I hope. Go for it. I you hope want. that. Do what you want. I'm sort of thinking that maybe Harry and Meghan will go out and live a life like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando. Yeah, but yeah, of, yeah, instead, yeah. But instead of Arnie having a daughter, he's got a wife. And yeah, I like that. He's got I mean, a big shed at the end of the garden with loads of weapons, maybe like some of the crown jewels. Yeah, um, it's um, chain mail. It's one of those things that it's 2020, so a bit like the salary cap thing. It's almost like one is now obliged to take an extreme position on it. And mm. you don't have to, actually. You're You're allowed to be in the middle and say, oh, I hope they're really happy. I don't seem to have hurt anyone. Um, and I think it would take, I mean, there's all, there's people like, you know, there are horrible people in the media and there are nice people in the media, just like there are in real life. But I think it would take quite, it would take somebody with, mm, I don't know, to quite a special person just to deny that Megan has been treated horrifically in the press when compared with Kate Middleton. And it's, uh, I think it is not probably not easy for either of them, but I think God, who on earth, what young mum recently married and who would want that as their life oh my god I could I genuinely I could think of things that are worse but I think it would be genuinely awful to be a prominent royal in that situation Harry and Meghan I would hate that <laughs> just couldn't be asked. like just walked into Costa and um, someone stopped you walked into Costa in Blimmin Seven Bridge Services and someone said where's Shanks I said I got him in the boot out there and he laughed little did they know you were actually getting something out of your boot I looked out the window and he laughed I said now there he is in the boot now that is him. I said, yeah, correct. He's in the boot. Just putting the body in there. Yeah. Anyways, he goes, I'll come and do the podcast. Yeah, I'll come and join in. I said, I oh, don't. I'll, I'll tell you, come if you want, but you won't make it out of the car again. Don't come anywhere near us. There's no room in the back either. I just said, you're not welcome, mate. You're not my friend. You're not welcome. I wonder if it's French speaking Canada as well. I always wonder that when people say they're off to Canada. Because mm. they speak France. French, Montreal, though. beautiful, mm, wicked place. Never wicked been. place. Never been. To the kids out there, wicked place. I always wanted to go to Whistler after watching Being the Ultimate Movie and seeing the photo of Whistler's mother. There's a bloke in this car park doing something British, right? He's spraying something all over his car and wiping the inside of his car down. Now, he's either a murderer... Um, Smoker. He's getting rid of DNA. Or he's doing that thing. I think it's Febreze. I mean, like, there are other brands of... I could be wrong, so don't sue me. Febreze does not get rid of DNA, mate. <laughs> no, no. But what, I don't don't think he's a killer. He's pretty open if he is. But Febreze, it's like, isn't it like mask smells, mask things with this spray? Like, why don't you actually clean it instead? Why don't you, or mark, your sofa stinks, does it? Spray this on it, makes it smell better. No, no, because all the dirt that's making it smell 
is underneath this spray now. Why don't you just take the covers off or clean it? I say the same about you and deodorant there, mate. Just masking a the smell there. Yeah. Just wash your arms properly. I can't because my shoulder surgery. <laughs> do you know what? There are, under there. Do you know what? There are days when I really struggle. Right, we are digressing massively now. Right, let's pull this back. Um, admin done. Um, actually, well done to Lee Westwood for winning the Abu Dhabi Classic. Yeah, love it. Tears the lot. Beautiful. Well done, that Brilliant. Man. What a shot in as well. He could putt at the weekend. That was a massive difference. If he could putt like that through all the major tournaments, he'd have a shed load of major wins. Good on him. Beautiful. Um, what a shot in with his rescue into the 18th, though. Uh, beautiful. Good beautiful. So well done. Well done, Lee. Nice fella. Never met him, mate. Oh, oh I actually lo- met him at... Met him loads of times. Met him at the green room. Oh, loads of times. last year. Loads of times. Same as you, I've met him. Yeah, he can squat like something like 200 or deadlift 200 uh, kg. Is that true? It's decent for a golfer, yeah. Well, it's decent for a civvy, isn't it? I mean, in, in physical terms, he's a civvy. And also, he's good at golf, but he's and also did you watch SAS? No, don't, don't. I'm watching it tonight, don't. Okay, I'm not spoiling this for you because you know it happens, but you know the mole in the camp, Jay. Yeah. Okay, he's revealed. Yeah. And, oh my God, he just looks like James Bond when he comes out with like a black zip-up top and immaculate beard. The beard's got a bit of glow in it. Like that, ooh. You would, yeah, okay. You know, you're wasted in the SAS. You should be a spy. You should be seducing lovers for information. Oh, do you know what I found out this weekend? Using your watch to unzip the dress at the back. (laughs) (laughs) I've forgotten that. That That's a good one. I was with Scott's bedding this weekend. and um, Big lump? Yeah, real real good. I mean... I say this about everyone, so it means nothing anymore. But actually, really good company. Uh, we had a good time. Two night, we were together a couple of nights and um, a couple of days in France. Anyway, so and he's mates with Nick Abendanen from Claremont, so we're all Benders. we're all bezies. And um, I was talking to him about uh, Bernard Leroux, the so that French South African French lock back row mm-hmm. guy who got the yellow for racing the day against Saris. And I said I was in Oita that night. We we're in Oita, and it, you were doing drinking games and everything. Oh. And he walked in, he walked in uh, to the bar, some of the French lads walked in. I think I might have said this the other day. Oh, we did? Maybe I did. And I was like, that guy is... And yeah, I was he like, did. Yeah, and I, and I basically, I speaking to Scott Spedding, and I was like, so he's married, I'm glad he's married, because it means he's off the market. And he was like, yeah, and to be honest, mate, he's a hell of a unit, great looking guy, happily married. I was like, yeah, but he's, he's, you know, he's not, he's not basically... Scott wouldn't say it, but I think he's maybe not the most charismatic individual out there. So Scott wouldn't quite say it, but it's just another it's another black mark against Bernard Larue, which means he's less of a threat on the open market. Gotcha. So top trumps, you know, weakness, charisma. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is probably one of my strengths. Weakness, married. <laughs> weakness, <laughs> hair. Yeah, his hair's amazing. Like... Um, we're in the car here, guys. I'm not going to put the engine on, Shanks, but I, oh, I am putting the engine on. It's needed to be colder in here, mate. I'm okay, no problem. I'm a big fella. Oh, so I got into Shanks's car. I put it on. So I put it on Instalator, and it's basically his screens on in the front of his car, and it's just podcast. Just says serial killers. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So predictable. Um, no, it's. I like. Right. I like the chase. Right. Um, Look, we, we could spend the next three hours talking about the salary cap stuff. Now, everyone's talking about it. Um, it. It's, again, it's one of those things, Tommy, that because it's 2020, 
it is your ever people feel i think obliged maybe it was always this way but people feel obliged i think to take a really extreme position on it and there are some people sitting in the middle but i think too few uh, not in the middle like don't really mind but just trying to achieve a bit of balance really um i understand that fans of other clubs are very resentful i understand that sarri's fans are some of them are very upset some of them are getting over it because it's just a bit of fun for them watching the rugby and some of them are strongly in denial um, and these are all sort of predictable states I guess um, but I think that the whole I think the whole Schadenfreude thing is very real um, but it's probably because we're ex-Saris or something I actually don't think it is I think if Northampton were found guilty of having cheated, cheated a lot over the last few years I still don't think I'd be my heart rate would change too much I think you just deal with it talk about it learn a bit um, offer some opinion when you're asked and when you have a podcast but I'd People seem to be very reacting in very extreme ways about this on social media and all kind of stuff. And while that's predictable, I don't think, first, I don't think it helps. I also don't think it's particularly endearing. Um, the strange thing is, Dave, is that, right, they've been done for cheating. That's that's what's happened, okay? Found so, guilty. Found yep. guilty, okay. Found guilty for, for cheating, for breaching the salary cap. Now, it's a team sport, okay? Individually, when you look at some of the, the greatest cheats in the world, so Ben Johnson, you know, taking uh, steroids, winning the 100 metres in the Olympics, he is an individual. When it's, when it's a team, and I suppose what's gone on is the, the infringement has come from the top level, the director level, really. This is, this is why it's difficult, because, you know, you don't hate the players, or, you know, you don't... You don't hate the the fans, the staff, but when it's done at that top level, um, it's very difficult because it it sort of tarnishes the whole of the team, and yep. it's not the flight, it's not the players' fault. And now, some players might have gone there knowing that it was a risk that they're doing, and I still really want to see the report by Lord Dyson, as in what Saracens and Nigeria specifically have said he's invested in, whether they are actually companies that. Um, are I don't know, um, you know, property companies. Um, it could be buying a buying a trade. It could be coffee. It could be anything. It could be sportswear. Uh, we've not seen that, and that's what's deemed to be um, not an investment, but it's deemed to be wage, isn't it? So, By the way, Brad Barrett's coffee company has nothing to do no, with Saracens. No, exactly that. <laughs> I was just racking my brain then for <laughs> something <laughs> and it just popped in nothing to do with that uh, done mate you know they, they've actually Brad Barris um, Tiki Tonga have, have been surplies now for Spurs as well which is great news mm. um, Jim Hamilton spoke to me off the record and I said is it, is it actually a nice coffee he's like the worst thing about it is it is it's really nice oh. he goes killer because what you really want to do is you want to help him out but you know you don't want in, you don't want anyone doing that well no he didn't really he didn't say it that aggressively but he was basically gutted that it was really good that's, and it's, that's who he is really you know, it's not the it's not the the squad, it's not the coaches. It's it's done top level, so it's very difficult to to hate the entire. For me, it's very difficult to to have an issue with the entire organisation of Saracens. It's just a couple of people, top level directors, CEO, whoever is involved, that have been wrongly advised because it's been going on for a long time now. A lot. I think that's the most five years say they've been breached the salary cap how how has it not been how's it not come out earlier yeah and i think yeah and i think i think it's because it wasn't robustly investigated is why 
that's why. Um, you can talk about investigating it all you want, uh, but Laura Scott, from, who's now at the BBC, originally she's the one who properly got into it, and kudos to her because she did a great job and she did what, effectively, let's be completely frank about it, and they are colleagues and friends and actually occasionally employers of ours, but this is it's what the governing body couldn't and didn't do. But they talked about it in 2015, didn't they? Well, yeah, but we it's one of those things. We, we are, so we as supporters, we are perennially in the dark here. We are in the dark, which yep. just makes the fire rage, actually. And it's easy to say, give us all the information. But again, we're saying there must be laws which give you know these governing bodies or the clubs permission to keep this information from us we don't know if there are laws we don't know for example what regulation it is that sent Saris down we don't know so the communication is there's very little of it and there may well be good reason for that but we don't know if there's good reason for that so you know I'm very inexperienced in comms but I was comms director at Bath for a couple of years but I was I remember being in certain situations and meetings so we just cannot say anything about this and I said right we need to tell people that we can't say anything and say, guys, we would love to fill you in, but for this reason and this reason, we're actually not allowed. So as soon as we're allowed, we'll tell you, but we're not just being obstinate. And it was, no, no, just say nothing was often the reply. It wasn't always the reply. It was, why can't we just tell people why we're so quiet? It's, you know, I, I don't understand. It's, anyway, it's, um, you know, if you're trying to buy a house and the estate agent says, I'll call you before close of play Friday, and they call on Tuesday and say, well, there's nothing to tell you over the weekend. You're sitting there thinking about it all weekend. Why you so just just ring that? me on the Friday and say, just so you know, I haven't heard back from them yet, but we're on it. You know, it just, anyway, it's, it's, it feels like basic comms, but we don't know if there's a reason for relative silence or not. But it wasn't robustly in, interrogated before and investigated before. I think that is, that's the reason. But also it was you know, effectively you know, put under the brush under the carpet in 2015, but Saris went on spending. That's the biggest thing is why, though. I think Prem Rugby have to have a really good look at themselves in this because because it's been going on for such a long time and because Saracens have, have say, been getting away with it or they found a loophole. You know, more players have been coming to the club, more players players have been, well, I'm again, I'm guessing now, but I'm pretty sure it'll be a pretty good guess that they're getting paid both through... Um, PAYE and also through their limited company so they're sharing their wage um, which you're not allowed to you know it has to come yeah. under the 7 million pound mark so for them to go on you know Saracen's got themselves in a right mess now where they've been relegated but right old pickle were, but it didn't need to happen really did it you know they could have they should have been investigated earlier yeah but but what people people I think are, you know we like to direct our emotions somewhere and there are probably lots of people here who have done things wrong so you might say that well we all had suspicions years ago and let's just be completely frank there's no proof this is just that we all had suspicions before you know the first year that Lord Dyson has deemed that Saracens cheated we've had suspicions for quite a long time yes right so not just about Saracens, but has to be said primarily about Saracens. There were lots of people talking about Bath as well, because they were spending a lot of money. Let's just be frank, everyone knows that. So, but in terms, we had suspicions before that. So is it also kind of our fault for not saying something in 20 whatever or seven years? Is it our fault for not bringing it up and putting pressure people have. on? People have. They have, it's been suspicions, but there's little, there's little pockets of blame everywhere, which is normal, and we all feel it. Um, but I think it's one of those things that, you know, could the salary cap manager forget? I forget his name now. Apologies. Could he have done better? Well, yeah, because actually, it seems that he wasn't the one who actually found out. He it took a journalist to come in and do the job. Yeah. Then could 
PRL have communicated better? Yeah. Yeah, they could. But actually, what we're talking about here, the 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 big the, the main fault here, it's not that no one else is to blame for anything. The main sort of, I don't want to call it a crime, misdemeanor here, whatever it is, is the cheating. It is the cheating. Yeah. That is the thing. So it's almost like, right, let's batter PRL. Let's batter Premiership Rugby. Well, okay, they probably could have done things better. I bet you they wouldn't deny that. I bet you they wouldn't. I was, you know, I don't know, but I bet they wouldn't. But actually, it's this weird thing. Because I remember when Matt Stevens got, um, failed a drugs test at Bath and got a two-year ban, found cocaine in his system, whatever it was. And it was like, I remember, I remember because I'm his friend and I love him, saying, feeling really sorry for him because, you know, what he's doing is illegal and you could argue stupid or he had a problem, whatever. It's certainly not performance enhancing. So what he wasn't doing was cheating. <laughs> like, he was literally making himself less healthy as a pro. Yeah. But it was amazing the amount of blame that was levelled at our coaches and levelled at us lot as senior players. You let this happen. As I tell you now, I've never seen anyone do cocaine in my life, I said to one of the journalists. I've never seen it. I've seen it on telly. I have never seen it. I have never seen cocaine in front of me. I've never seen it. Yet there are people, they were angry at a press conference blaming us. It was probably because Matt wasn't there and they needed somebody to blame. But it's like, yeah, we could we have done more? Yeah, we probably could actually. So yeah, we'll accept that. But it's not the main crime here it's kind no, of I'm, the main thing i get it but the main thing here is is we could have avoided this situation where they are getting relegated the club could just go to pot you know it could just dissolve down the leagues um what i what i think is annoying for me is that this could have been dealt with a lot earlier because there were rumors out there you, t- you talk about is it down to us? It's not down to us because the rumours were out there. All the all the um, DORs were saying, you know, how the poison the question is how can Saracens afford all these quality players? And Saracens were just going on and on and getting away with it. Um, look, they, they are. There's no doubt they are to blame for this. You know, they have they've gone over the salary cap. They've spent too much, um, thinking that they could get away with it, thinking there was a loophole. When we found out now there is no loophole and. I mean, they had the choice, didn't they, of either opening up their books for, say, a forensic auditor to come in or getting relegated. That That's the... This is what we've been told by Tony Rowe um, on Yeah, but five, what I would say is, Live. if he's not... If he's if that's not true, he'll be getting sued by now. Yes, of course. Right? So, because it, so let's, let us assume that is true. I think it is... I mean, there's a, there's a ton of stuff here, isn't there? Lord Dyson has come out and said he thinks it's absolutely wrong that the report hasn't been made public. Yep. I'm not legally qualified, but I absolutely agree because it just, it will create some speculation in the short term, but to the medium in the medium and long term, I feel like it's absolutely the right thing to do. There Again, we're in completely in the dark, aren't we? So yep. we assume that there is a mechanism by which Saracens can stop that being made public because surely there is no one else who wouldn't, wouldn't want that made public. And you start to wonder, because of how little we're told, whether Premiership Rugby don't want it to be public because it makes them look bad or incompetent or something. Yep. But what happens, there is a salary cap manager, yet it took a journalist, a, a, an independent journalist, um, working on her laptop after around her full-time job to actually do the job that this was meant to be done internally. So the governance, mm. the governance of this stuff has to change and will change. I think there's no doubt that it will change. Um, it absolutely has to. So sport governing itself just doesn't work. And this is this is the, the best example ever of that, probably in world sport or close to it. So we need to see the report. Um, we need to, you know, the, the Saracens choosing 
I feel like the most astonishing thing in all of this is that, and again, it's all speculation, but almost all of what everyone is saying is speculation because we don't know anything. No one's told us anything really. So Mm. all we know is sanctions. So the most astonishing thing of all is that, going to go out on a limb, the greatest club side ever has chosen, or one of the greatest club sides ever certainly, has chosen to be relegated to effectively Div 2 as reigning champions rather than show people how they were paying their players. And it just probably, for me, that says either they've been way, way over that um, 7 million salary cap or they've just, they're too embarrassed really to to show their figures as to what's gone on there financially. Um, And also, if they do get relegated to Division 1, the championship, then they can't come back up for two years because prior to getting promoted, you have to go through that league two years um, under the salary cap to show that you can do it. So it's going to take two years for them to come back up to the Premiership. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and then it's that. it's whether or not players want to stay with the club that they love and the culture they've built. and But that's going to really hinder any chances they've got of playing internationally, of playing for the Lions, because... You need to test yourself, don't you? You need those big European games, those big club games to get you up to a level of fitness, um, you know, mentally prepare yourself as well for internationals because, you know, you want to be playing top flight rugby, leaning into autumn campaigns, into Six Nations campaigns, so you're ready physically and mentally and that you're not going to get that in the championship at all. I reckon, I honestly reckon that Eddie Jones, Warren Gatland, you might disagree with this, just won't mind that much. A load of the top players having an easy year because. But where are they going to get? Where are they going to get quality games? That's I the think, only thing. I think they're not respectfully to championship. They're not. But no. I think that. You know, certainly. Well, this season they can just. I'd, I. It's a really interesting one. But then I wonder, maybe you might see a couple of guys going on loan to a club for a season. Yeah. A couple of seasons. So you might find Owen Farrell playing ten. I, th- I can't see it. I actually think a lot of the top players are going to stay, and I think some players will accept pay cuts. But it doesn't. It's not beyond to see Owen Farrell playing one or two league games leading into the Champions Cup, playing a Champions Cup for Sale Sharks, but not playing a whole season because Sale cover half his wages, Sarries cover the other half, and that takes three or four, three hundred, three hundred and twenty-five grand or whatever it is off the cap. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some little mechanisms like that. I think more players than you think are going to stay. The top players, I think, it is the middle. The young cheap players, they don't really not don't count, but it's I think it's the middle players that will probably get squeezed financially. Mm. This is just guessing, just guesswork. Um but I I don't think we I, I could be wrong. I don't think we'll see a mass exodus. Um but it's two years though as well. It's not just one. I, it's I not didn't like, know that. It's not like you can just float down and then come straight back up like like Quinns did. Yeah. Like a lot of teams have done. Um you have to show that you are within the salary cap for two years in that league before you can get promoted to the gallery now, whether that changes or not I don't know but so because they've been in breach is that because everyone else who's gone down for one season and come straight back up yeah because they've been in breach right okay so for two years you that's have to a new show. one for me that I mean mm. we're, we're going to say some stuff on this pod and we're going to have people letting us know that we've made a couple of mistakes here and there and I'm not saying that's one of them for a second but that's fine we're going to we're going to make mistakes because wow. um, we don't quite know everything but um, we know we've read as much as we can listened as much as we can um, so we don't know what law saw them relegated. We think it is a straight choice between show us exactly how you paid people the last few years um, 
I've got it here, mate. Under okay. current regulations, a club going promotion to Premier Rugby, Premiership Rugby, must have complied with Premiership salary cap regulations for two seasons. A club, mm. a club gaining promotion to Premiership Rugby must have complied with Premiership salary. Yeah, cap. so I guess everyone else has been relegated was compliant. Yeah, they just got relegated. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. And I, I would, I would bet my the thirty quid in my pocket that changes. They won't be there for two years. Mm. I'd be amazed. Mm. Um, but it's yeah. So we also, so you know, in a, in a sense, in a sense, you feel you can feel sympathy. I, I feel sympathy for Saris. I, you know, there are great people there. We're good mates with Kevin Sorrell. We love the guy. Al Sarnison, wonderful bloke. Joe, these are great people. The players, loads of these guys are properly great people. And so this is just, we're trying to talk, frankly, sort of, I guess, in sort of business black and white about it, or black and red. But so we, we do feel sympathy. And you, you could, I think, feel sympathy for the fact that, you know, in early November, they were told, this is what's happened. You're in breach you've got to make some changes. And then already they've been told not quick enough, relegated. Mm. And you think, well, if Tony Rowe's right and got no reason to doubt him, um, right, it's open your books to everyone or for a forensic audit or be relegated. Now, what law gives the other clubs or Premiership Rugby, whatever, the right to do that? We don't know. There must be one because it's happened. But we don't know. We just don't know these things because we haven't been told. The other thing, there's a few things that, that's why the report is so key. So key. I mean, so key. I mean, it's it's kind of everything. But we're not. I, don't, I suppose we're going to see it now because they've chosen relegation, so they can't change their mind and say, "Actually, go on, show everyone, and we'll stay up." I mean, that's not going to happen now. Um, you know. But I. So it, it, there's something out. There's a, there are a few things, and you know, there are journalists. I love reading all the rugby writers, and I think we have got some amazing rugby writers in the UK and sports writers and. I don't. You don't read. You don't only read the ones you agree with. I quite like like reading the ones I don't agree with. And mm. some lots have been balanced. Lots have just reported the bloody news, which is exactly what they do. And lots of people are very. There are a couple of really defensive of Saris. People get super worked up about that. I think well, that's their opinion. They're paid to give it. They're selling newspapers. Bloody great if more people are buying the paper. And know? I don't agree with a lot of people that say the players knew, because no one really discusses. No one actually ever discusses what they're on got a question for you and how they're they're getting paid maybe with if you're super close to to someone at the squad you might say look i've been offered this deal this is what they're offering me what do you think um and you sort of confide in someone but no one is open about how how much they earn and how that is divided between i don't know um your limited company your wage your pension anything like that yeah i've got a question for you so you're firstly you're right like Salaries more often now are published in the paper. I know from a couple of players, because I've ribbed them about it, and they've said, I promise you that is inaccurate. One yep. of, I won't say who, because it's not fair, but somebody I was printed to have quite a big salary um, at, another, at a club other than Saris, and it wasn't Bath either. And I joked about it at dinner, and afterwards he said, mate, I promise you it's not accurate. I'm on more than that. <laughs> and we laughed. He said, I'm on more than that, kid. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have signed for that. Um, that's what I was on last year kind of thing. Yeah, so the, okay. these things are often inaccurate, but of course, What's your know, question? it's all we know. The question is, players, play, you're right, players do not talk about salary. I don't know what any of my teammates earned in the 14, 15 years, whatever, I was a pro. I don't know for a fact what any of my teammates earned, not one. And that's because you just don't talk about it. And I remember, I could be wrong, but I remember quite clearly it being in a contract, in our contract saying you do not discuss remuneration with other players. Okay. Um, Because it can create real problems. Yeah. So 
no, just no one spoke about it. And the people who are the, the people who are loose lipped are the agents that tell everyone. Yep. They're the people who are loose lipped. Agreed. Never. It's very, very rarely the players. Um, do you not think? Now, do in terms of saying it's not the players' fault. Yeah. I want to get one thing out. I'm going to get to my question in a second. Okay. One thing I want to get absolutely out there. If I'm being offered 150 grand to play um, somewhere that I don't really want to play and not a club that isn't winning trophies, and then Saracens come in and offer me 250 grand yeah. to be go and be first choice or second, whatever it is, there, and I go there and say, we'll give you 250, and I say, well, I'm going to need 275, and they say, fine. Okay. I am signing as soon as I can get a pen in my hand. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's the reality of it. And you can judge me or judge rugby players on that all you want. What I'm not doing is saying, right, I want to see your books. I want to see how you pay players. I want to see your arrangement for Owen Farrell's contract. You want to see your arrangement for Vincent Cox's contract, whatever. Firstly, players don't do that. Secondly, if I ever ask that of a club, they'll tell you where to go. No, we're not showing you that. It's none of your business. I'm not allowed to see what other players earn. It's none of your business. Do you want to come or not? That You might listen to this and think that's ridiculous that's how it works right so I don't blame the players for taking good contracts I don't however do you not think these are loads of these lads are really bright right they're really really bright they're aware individuals do you not think they've sat around sometimes in their squad room over lunch or after a couple of beers in the pub and thought hmm isn't it a bit odd that we've got twice as many top-of-the-range players as everyone else. Yes, we've got a great academy, but don't you think it's a bit odd? Because, the you know, the, there yeah. are lots of players there that the academy didn't produce. The one that you know? did it for me was Elliot Daly mm. when he signed because you've got Alex Good, you've got Liam Williams. Max now, Malins. Yeah, but you've now got um, Elliot Daly comes. The three who I class, world-class 15s, which just seems odd. Now... I agree with you that you might be thinking, wow, you know, sh- we've got so many quality players here. How are we affording it? But like anything, you know, when you when you paid a lot of money, you look for ways to pay less tax, legal ways to pay less tax, you know. so To be, to be efficient. To be efficient, yeah, with your money, to make sure that you're paying the right amount, but also trying to get as much money as you can, really, mm. um, in your pocket. So, but this is, this is my point, Flash, is, because it went on for five years, you sort of trust a system that is working for Saracens. You, you trust that, yeah, this is a loophole that works. Yes, there's nothing that anyone can do about it because it's legal. We've just found a super efficient um, way in which we can get paid. So for five years, this has gone on. So when, when you are attracting new players, I think, yeah, great, actually. You know, we can do it. I can get paid more legally and mm. nothing's going to happen. So... This is why it's difficult. Um, yeah, you're right, though. You know, if you're going to get offered 100 or 125 grand more than you get offered another club, I'm, I'm sure it's not as much as that, but you're certainly going to get offered more. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to get offered the same amount or maybe a little bit less, but you're going to a club that's winning, you know, six or seven trophies, haven't they? They've won yeah. since 2015. But, so we, but we were saying, we were told, the rumours went round and we repeated them here saying this is what we've heard. We were. It was kind of went round that Elliot Daly had signed for Wasps, for for Saris from Wasps, and taken a pay cut. Yes. He wanted to be part of a winning team. Yes. Then Big Lol on the Ruck Podcast, a podcast I love, um, Times One, he said that's that's not true. We yeah. couldn't we couldn't afford to keep him. So you're not. It, it's an odd one. So this is this is why you need. Um, this this is why we need to see what 
Saracen's books have said or, or saying, you know, we need to see the report because who this is someone's word against another's here. It is, it? but well, well, it is, but ultimately the people that have seen it, so the brightest legal minds in the country have said, they're the, the people who actually have seen it have said this is cheating, and that, yep. that that's the way it is. So you yep, can yep. you can sort of defend that all you want. Um, so I, you know, it's the whole buying houses thing, and you know, I being again complete openness. I mean, I never, I no one ever offered to buy me a house at Sarries. If they had, I'd have bitten their arm off because I lived in London. Give you a Green Mondeo though. Give a Green Mondeo, which um, yeah, it didn't go very well. I think Matt Leak knocked the wheel cubs off mine on a roundabout. Anyway, so it wasn't in great nick when I gave it back that Mondeo. Apologies for that, but. I, you know, I remember, I remember when I worked at Bath after I'd stopped playing, I remember saying to some guys around the club, you know, the management saying, we should be doing that. Bath's such an expensive, it's like, right, mm. we can offer you 30 grand more than you earn at Saints. Yeah, but then I've got to buy a house in Bath and I'll get myself a three-bed flat for what I can have a five-bed house. So actually what we, what Bath should be doing is, you know, why Bruce Craig's got a lot of money? Why isn't he saying, I'll give you, go off on a house? It's a brilliant idea. And they and they didn't do it. They said, no, it's, do-. I remember someone saying to me, that's dodgy ground, that benefiting kind yep. stuff, leave it. Yep. And then I remember mentioning it. Um, we had, I had a chat with uh, Tony Rowe on the sidelines once. And I said, I think it's a brilliant idea, that. And he said, you can't do that. He goes, they get paid enough. They can buy their own houses. You know, so it's one of those things that... It's I'll, the ones that don't get paid enough, though, you know, like the, the middlemen. Yeah, the, but the difficulty is, I'm a I'm a lad who's trying to get more money from a club. I'm a player. Yep. What I am not is senior management with the resources to take top-of-the-range legal advice. The people that were in those positions still did these things, and it's... Yep. And they did it for five years. Did it for five years. And so what? So a couple, a couple of things, right, boy. There's, there is a position that some have taken... Which is I don't I be honest like you I couldn't give a monkey's what position anyone takes to be honest like but you know I know what mine is but there's a position that some have taken that this the basically the relegation or the initial sanctions and now this are part of some anti-Saracens agenda by um, I think Nick Kane in the rugby paper by the way a journalist he wouldn't know me if I walked in but I've been reading his stuff for years he's for me he's one of the greats you know my Dad will often ring me and say, oh, have you read Nick, Nick Kane's stuff? He's very, very good. And I'll say, I agree. So yep. I, he's brilliant, but and a huge amount of respect for him. But he, the headline, I know he doesn't write the headlines, but the headline to his article recently was Vindictive Club Owners Take Their Pound of Flesh from Saris. And I, what, I, what I can't square away in my mind, and this is someone who has a lot of affection for Nigel Ray, a huge amount of affection for his family. His kids are definitely friends of mine. You know, so this is, I'm just trying to be straight is the position that Saracen's punishment is the result of an anti-Saracen's agenda from the other owners. When, how can you take that position while not also acknowledging that Saracen's proven financial cheating has been to the detriment of all the other clubs? Of course it has, because they became almost unbeatable, not quite, but hugely dominant, not just because of financial cheating, but absolutely, absolutely that was part of it. They do lots of other stuff. Well, how can you not say that the Saracens' financial cheating was not effectively an anti-premiership agenda and an anti-all-the-other-clubs agenda? I think what by other clubs going for Saris, I think I don't see how you can be wholly offended by other clubs going for Saris when it has now been proven they were cheating, and but yet you're not offended by... Saracens, what Saracens have done, which has proved to be cheating. I don't understand how you can square away one agenda and not the other. If you're a chairman of a rugby club, director of a rugby club, and 
your weekend, year in, sorry, year out, seeing Sarries win the league, winning the Champions Cup, you're going to be fuming, um, you know, if you're complying within the salary cap mm. and they're not. You know, they've monopolised the market. They're just, they've gone way above the 7 million. It's got to be massive, mate. It has to be massive. Otherwise, they would have opened their books. You're not talking about one mil or two mil. Maybe they've gone three, four times over the limit. Um, so, of course, you're going to be absolutely disgusted with Saracens. And look, they've, it's come out now. They've been banned um, from the Premiership next season. They're going down to, at the moment, they're going down to Division One. The, the what's it called? The Championship. Champs. Um, so the Champy. Uh, look, it's that. That's the fine. That shows you how severe um, Saracens have been with um, with the salary cap. You know, the five point three six million they've been fined as well. On top of that, as well, they probably get fined more. Um, so yeah, look, I I agree, mate. If you're a if you're at another club, a director at another club, chairman of another club, you would be absolutely fuming. What I will say is that surely, though, Saracens cannot be the only club that have gone over the salary cap. I find it very hard to believe that no other club has gone over the salary cap. Now, I know if you go over by a small amount, a certain amount, you are fined. Um, but they can't be the only ones that have just dominated this market. And if I was... Saracens now I would be demanding that every club in the Premiership also gets the same treatment they also um, get reviewed on their on their salary cap for the last five years yeah I, I agree and I, I think that Saracens are very likely in no position whatsoever to start making <laughs> demands of anyone um, that's true you know um, but I think you know again it's all conjecture it's all guesswork but I would be very surprised if a good number of the other Premiership clubs haven't done things they shouldn't have done uh, in the past. Um, however, in 2015, when the whole inverted commas, Saris and Bath thing was kind of brushed under the carpet and let's all carry on and say no more about it. What I've been told as I've asked people around the place is that a lot of clubs tidied their affairs up, got their houses in order in 2015 around that point and said, we're all going to stop doing it. And then Saris went, ploughed on and signed Elite Daily and did all that stuff. And in the end, it's yeah. like, this is too much. We can't beat these people because of all the players they've got. Now, um, that's and it, in the end, it just basically pissed everyone off so much because everyone had agreed to play fair and Saris weren't playing fair is what I've been told. Um, however, I think it's not for Saris to demand anyone else investigate it. But God, as a neutral, I absolutely want every club forensically audited, don't you? But I mean, I, I absolutely do because wouldn't it be great to know that all the clubs are playing fair? Yes. It really, really would. Um, well, here's something just, for you. Wouldn't you give um, Premiership Rugby your... 7 million and they then distribute the funds so they get 7 million and it's down to them then to pay players yeah but then it's you're talking about you know a version of central contracting and do they have any power over that money or are they basically just doing online transactions when you tell them to and then you've yep. got you might I don't think there's the manpower there frankly I don't think there's enough people there but I think you'd you need a team in place to properly manage this, but to properly manage it. Well, uh, yeah, but you say is there manpower, is there a team there? I'm not sure I, you can make that. I mean, it wouldn't be a massive, a huge amount of money, would it, to have, a, say, I don't know, a team of seven or eight um, who are in charge of the money, the the whips, if you want. Or but you can imagine, you, you know, someone's on the market, right, give me an extra 20, I'll sign now. you got it in the budget and you've got to ring up 
you know, Gary at Premiership Rugby yeah. or Claire at Premiership Rugby and she's skiing and she's back on Tuesday. It's yeah, like, I just I just pe- think... Nah, well, people are allowed holidays. Oh, yeah, but I know, but I, I don't think that would work. But I'd, Yeah, maybe not. But the, I'm just the, trying to think of ways in which... The governance needs to change. You can... You can keep an eye on what's being spent and what's not being spent. Um, what this will do, though, is properly frighten anyone that is absolutely thinking about: Can we afford this player? Can we afford that player? Yeah. You know, potentially we might go over the seven million. You know, I think everyone will think twice about what they're spending and make sure that they've got a clear a clear account of of their finances. Um, you know, because this is. What is this the biggest scandal that we've oh, yeah, seen? Oh yeah, by miles. You know, forget Bloodgate, forget drug doping, anything like that. Betting. This is lot. way bigger. This is yeah. this is massive, um, and hopefully something good will come of it. Well, I think ultimately, Reece Curry come back to Wales. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Liam Williams and Reece Curry coming back. But I, you know, I think it is. It's firstly, it's hugely sad. Second, a couple of things that, and again, you know, these are just personal views. But it's our podcast. We can do what we like. The the whole notion, I, I was in France at the weekend and saw some Gloucester fans at the Toulouse game and they were lovely and one of them said, what do you reckon about the Sarri's thing? I said, oh God, we really got to do this, mate. I'm just, I've been working for two days. I'm just going home now. And he said, it's all, he said, he said something really horrible about Nigel Ray. Yeah. And I said, now, Nigel's kind of a friend of mine. We don't have each other's mobile numbers or anything like that, but we're friendly. Got each other's backs. Got each other's, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> But I think the whole something I just absolutely cannot imagine in a million years, and I expect you might feel the same, is the idea of him sitting down and saying, right, how can we cheat? How can we get away with this? How can we cheat? How can we batter everyone unfairly? That, for me, doesn't fit. However, um, Rob Baxter made a brilliant point Um a little while ago, a brilliant point. And he speaks really saliently on it, I think. And really good to listen to on it because he's such a straight bloke, you know. Yeah. Um, you trust him with absolutely anything, Rob Baxter. And I and I think he makes a really good point. It's not always about, I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing here and I might be misquoting him, I probably will, but it's not how can we cheat and smash all these other bastards unfairly. It's not injecting something into your veins which you know is going to make you better than you really are. It's not quite in the same, but if you are actively looking for ways around what everyone else has agreed is fair, if you're actively looking for ways around it, yeah, you're already on the way to doing, you know, to effective sort of financial doping. We are not. We're looking to maximise credits, do that, do everything fairly, and I don't know. I, I assume they have image rights contracts. These lads at say Chiefs or wherever it is, we'll do all the stuff we can, but absolutely within the framework, and we don't. We push it. We push it, and we stop at the limit of, you know, the the sort of agreement we've made. We stop at the end. We stop it. But if you're saying right, how can we get past that? How can we do this? Can we buy a house? Can we have somebody paid from a geezer in, yeah, yeah, I don't know, Joburg or New York or Paris? Can can a mate of a mate pay you? Can you have two contracts, one with so and so and one with? Then actually, you are on the road. You are doing the same stuff. This is yeah. the same thing. And he's like, we don't look for ways. And I'm sure they'd be very open to be auditing. After all they've said, they'd have to be. But they'd be very open to, you know, we don't do that. We do everything by the book. Just like he spoke about when um, Santiago Cordero, he didn't want to leave Chiefs. He loved it. They loved him. One of the best players in the league. And he said, we simply could not afford to keep him. And there are loads of players out of contract. Like, look at, guess, imagine how much, um, think of a player. Harry Williams' stock has grown. 
For me, he's he's right up there with Kyle Sinclair for me now. And he's a tight head. He battered Claremont at the weekend. Not Claremont. Battered um, La Rochelle at the weekend. Luke Cowan-Dickey. These guys' respective values are soaring. Top offloader. And at some point, I remember Rob saying, at some point, we are, we tell people we have no more money. So I'm afraid you're going to have to go or take less money. And he, he, I expect, feels that Saracens just don't have those conversations because it's we will find a way to pay you enough to keep you. Now, we've been chatting about this. Not for, always, but often. Yeah, for a while now. We're hoping that we can get Alex Lowe on the phone in a bit. But look, we're not defending Saracens. We're trying to be impartial on this. Um, but it's, it's difficult to hate the whole organisation when it's, you know, say three or four people at the top level that have been wrongly advised they found a loophole that is the problem that's the issue um that's gone on it, and it's you know you're talking about people's livelihoods you're talking about you know chefs of people that um maintain the the facilities people that mow the grass you know all things like this you know it's not just the players and the management it's it's everyone of the whole organization which is absolutely massive it's the academy it's it's the lot it's it's the name as well so um you know we're not defending what saracens have done because you know they have cheated they have gone way above the salary cap and they have been fine but you know it's it's difficult because we don't hate the whole we don't hate the players we don't hate the management we don't hate the coaches it's but they've been let down by directors at the top of the chain yeah and, I, and it, it's bloody sad but i you know in terms of the the people who aren't you know out the limelight the backroom stuff you know this is where all saracens um sort of what they've not spouted the wrong word all they've talked about family about looking after each other i think I would be amazed if there are suddenly 30 people behind the scenes sacked because of what's happened. Sorry, can't afford to keep you. Go. I think, I honestly believe that, I honestly believe that Saracens believe everything they say. So I think they do take care of each other. They do love each other. Now, that doesn't mean they haven't been cheating. I do believe those things because I've seen them in action and not just on game days. However, I think people will be looked after. However, it's reputational. And there are some people who are saying, well, it hasn't done any damage to reputation, hasn't tainted any of their titles. I steadfastly disagree with that. And I think I'd find it unusual if someone's been proven to have cheated in the years where they've won titles. I don't see how it cannot be tainted. I don't see how. When you say, you know, they'll still get looked after, that, will they, though? Because they're not going to be demanding. They're not going to have the same money coming in. They might not have the same ticket sales, the same mm. sponsors, all of this that... Mm is put in a pot which pays players, which pays all the staff, you know, all of a sudden they could be potentially without that because yeah. who, you know, who sponsors Saracens? Allianz. Allianz. You know, are they going to continue their sponsorship? Um, you know, it's not great PR for them, is it? Sponsoring. A lot of coverage, mind. A lot of coverage. Yeah, but it's negative coverage, mate. You know, it's not, I know all PR is good PR, but, so there are a lot of what ifs. Um, it'd be great, you know, if, if nothing changes for Saracens and everyone maintains their job, but it's going to cost Nigel Ray a lot, a lot of money, um, more than he's already forked out in fines. Um, yeah, so it's it, I, I, really. I hope. Yeah, I yeah, hope we hope, looked we after, hope. but I think reputationally, it's a huge thing. And you know, just it's the other another thing. It, you know, the, the I understand. You know, when comparing it with Lance Armstrong is silly really but you can't really not really but I remember one thing I remember 
is when I've read David Walsh's stuff and I've watched documentaries and we all did, we've all read loads of stuff, um, is that he was so aggressive in his defence um, whenever, whenever he was accused that it kind of made it worse when he was found guilty that how yeah. aggressive... And Saracens weren't abusive to anybody, but they were aggressively in denial that they were cheating. Um, and then it's found that they had. And I find that... I just... I find that hard to square away. I, I find yeah. that, you know, not that hard. I, I mean, I'll get over it. But it's... I understand the player's standpoint and the coach's standpoint because they probably don't quite know what's gone on financially. However, when you have players that I respect hugely, and we all do saying, you know, we've gone down there and we're, you know, we're sticking it to them at the moment. It's almost like we're sticking to, I'm paraphrasing, sticking up two fingers at all our critics and all the criticism is misplaced and we're ramming it down their throats at the moment. It's like, no, no, it's like when the initial judgment was handed out and we've, we've probably done this before, but on the pod and the initial judgment handed out after the World Cup, Saris go down with what is effectively a second team and beat Gloucester at King's home. It's like, wow, what a show of defiance. No, no. That performance, yes, they are wonderful. That literally sums up the problem. Their second team yeah. is better than other Premiership first teams because they have got so many good players. They pay so much to retain so many good players that other clubs can't pay to retain. So it is literally an example of the unintentional, we have to say, unintentional but naive financial cheating working. It's, it's not ramming it down anyone's throats. It, it's 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 the opposite actually. It's proof of the accusations being founded. And and another, I know we 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 can't go on forever, but the whole thing about money doesn't buy you success. Money hasn't bought Saracens this success. In very brutal terms, I I think you can't buy mental toughness. You can't buy composure under pressure. We've seen many people try and do that and fail. However, Saris haven't won European Premiership finals thirty forty nil. They've won really some. Some of them have been re, they've been dominant in some. Some of them in really really close tight games. Now, we don't. You cannot say that Saracens haven't bought success to an extent because remove all the players that are there, really remove all that money, and they might not have won it. And you can't prove they would have done. So you know, no. you, you can't say that. And then the whole. But the best players are the ones that are mentally tough. That's why they're the best players. Yeah, and you know, Saris have produced those guys, but you know. Um, as, as we've said before, you know, Jamie George, one of my favourite players and a lovely man. He, His early years were spent with Skulk Brits, John Smith, you know, um, Max Malins at fullback has those legends around him. This makes you better. Other, and We can't quantify it, but these are, we now know, unfairly retained players giving an advantage to young players, which makes young players better, which then makes young players way more valuable than they were a year or two ago. So then you should, you would imagine start seeing those players leave or the top players leave because the club can't retain them, except mm. they retained them all. Other clubs, you know, you they leave. You know, these players have to leave. You you win a title and your best players leave because their value's shot up. You know, it's... I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it, when you're comparing what's gone on to, to drugs, cheats and, and everything like that because, you know... It, it feels it's, worse. It's, it's still a form of cheating. Um, how, it's happening, I think it's ongoing in Man City at the moment with main sponsor Etihad. Is um, it? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's how that funding from Etihad is coming into into Man City. Um, we don't know, but yeah, look, it's it's the first time this has actually hap well been caught um, in rugby in this um, in the UK. I'm trying to think of it as it being outside the UK. I can't think of anything. Well, this, Melbourne Storm Aussie Rugby League. Yeah, um, and they lost all their titles as well. So. 
I mean, we're, we're probably going to have to round this chat up on Saracens. As I said, we're going to try and speak to Alex Lowe um, in a little bit. And he, he's also dealing with the announcement of the England squad. So we've got some, yeah, um, some questions for him. Yeah, it's fine. So we'll we'll try and speak to him later. But if we can't, doesn't matter. We'll get we'll get him another time. Um, it's just you know it it is a. It's sad times it's, for it's rugby. A, it's a sorry affair, is what it yeah. is. Um, but hopefully, at the end of it, you know, it what comes out of it. I, I mean, what I would like is that I, I'd like to see, and it, maybe it's easier to say than it is to achieve. I'm sure it is. Is that every Premiership club, um, every Premiership club's books are well, entirely open yeah. at all times, at all times for inspection by an independent body, not by a body with any investment in sort of the reputation of the game, anything like that, because it can't govern itself. So if you're going to be completely impartial, you cannot be worried about the reputation of the stakeholders. You need to just deal with black and white. No grey areas. And one other thing, one other thing I was going to say is that, you know, I've watched Saracens win these big games and I must say I love watching them (laughs) and still do actually. I love watching them play Racing at the weekend, thought they're magnificent. Um, And I just, the whole thing that, the whole money hasn't bought you success and money can't buy you what they produced. I I agree with that to an extent in a sporting sense, but I just think in those really tight games, those really, really tight ones that are in the balance, just press pause with 20 minutes to go and just delete, I'm guessing here, delete Vincent Cock, just delete Marrow and delete Will Skelton or delete Liam Williams. Right, I think you just have... You still have a chance of winning, and there's some lots of other amazing players. You have a, you know, there is there is a smaller chance of you winning, a, a slimmer chance of you winning. You still might, but you just delete some of the top players in pressure moments. Yes, Saracens created them, but we've talked about the benefit of those young players becoming the players they are, surrounded by legends who perhaps shouldn't have been there. Um, so there is an ongoing legacy, but I just think I think you it's easy to say money can't buy what they have, but what they have. I feel is unarguably, you know, enhanced by the presence of top players who we now know really shouldn't be there. So it's very, very difficult. And in all this, you kind of wish the best to all the other clubs. You wish the best to the Saris players and coaches because they're just they're just bloody lovely. It's just one of the nicest places to visit. A welcoming, happy, positive, lovely vibe. And you wish the best to Nigel Ray because I think he's done a colossal amount of good for the English game. And, you know, I, I kind of weirdly hate all the abuse he gets online. It, feel, it feels horrible, but there you go. This is, this is sport. People get angry. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just want to let everyone know that as of next week, we will be on the ITV Guinness Six Nations pod. So make sure that you download that to listen to all things Guinness, all things Six Nations. Uh, the squads, well, most of the squads, have they all been released yet? Certainly the Welsh and English squad. Who cares, mate? Released. As long as England's done, who cares? Uh, Lewis Rees-Samet is in the Welsh squad. Let's what? hope he's all right. He limped, off. Yeah. he limped off at the weekend after scoring a try. Look properly sore as well. Cannot stop scoring. Um, but really suits. You know, If you're a winger, you want to play at Gloucester. Yep. They get the ball into those... Ch- like, yep. You'd rather play at Gloucester than at Bath, wouldn't you? Yep. You know, where you get good ball, yep. um, you get space. Uh, yep. They create space in the midfield, which allows your wingers to to have a little bit of room and to use their footwork, use their pace. But yeah, let's hope he's all right. Not that I think he'll get picked for the first game, but I think it's great experience for him. Yeah. Um, there's some quality players that have been um, picked. Um, there's George North, he's option of the centre. Josh Adams has to play no matter what. Uh, they've also got Johnny McNichol, who I think will feature heavily through this through this campaign. John Holmes is back in as well. Um, so, I mean, the squad is a it's a strong squad as they always are. There's a few injuries. Um, you know, obviously Reese Patchett is out, Gath Anscombe is out, but um, Owen Williams is in from Gloucester, back fit now. Yeah, straight back in the squad. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Yeah, um, lovely. Dan Bigger is just flying high at the moment for Northampton at ten. Again, had a storming game at the weekend. Really creative, not just being a link man, but actually putting loads of players through holes, looking looking really attacking, ball in hand, and an absolute threat um, as a runner as well, which is great to see. Will Rowlands is in the Welsh squad. Um, yep. So uh, Will Griff-John as well. Toby Falatau's back fit. So it's looking good. There are a couple of injury doubts, Liam Williams, as to how fit he's going to be, but centre's the biggest issue we got at Wales. Hadley Parks will start at 12. Uh, but it's who he plays alongside. Owen Watkin is injured at the moment. Who knew Nick Tompkins was Welsh? Yeah, well... Well, Wayne Pivak did. Yeah. And um, there's rumours that... Uh, it's funny, in it, now. There's <laughs> rumors, funny now, isn't it, you just pick? There's rumours that... You were the same. Saracens had contacted Wales to say, look, this guy is is uh, he's got Welsh grandparents. He has aspirations to play international level. Um, I think it's he's a good player. Um, still a little bit untested at top level doesn't always start for Saracens um, but you still have full of confidence that he can do a job when he starts really powerful um, especially in those tight areas especially coming back on, on switch lines on on those out to win lines you know scores a lot of tries by powering through tackles wriggling out of tackles um, very sharp quite pacey as well but possibly not like the classic outside centre that you used to see in someone like John Davis, someone like 
Henry Slade, Jonathan Joseph, that sort of glide around on the outside channels and make those outside breaks and create a lot of space for others. But he's certainly in with a shout, mate. You know, he's a specialist centre. We haven't got many of them fit at the moment. As I said, Owen Watkin is probably out for the first two games. Um, so we will see. We will see. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good luck to him, mate. Um, what's the England squad looking like? And uh, Will Griff John's in as well, isn't he? In the yeah, World he squad? is. Yeah. He's good, he is. Yeah. Yep. He's, got, he's got, well, I think just my opinion is a when he arrived at Sale, big, strong unit, I say this respectfully, there was a lot of work to do on him becoming an elite prop. And Steve Diamond, Dorian West, Pete Anglesey done a very, very good job. And Mike Forshaw as well. He defends well. He bangs people. But his scrum work's got so much better. Yeah. And I think he's a... I think there's every chance he'll do very well for Wales. So Gareth Davis good. is back as well. Toulon have allowed him, not Toulon, Toulon have not allowed him to play, um, but Wales have allowed Reese Webb to play, even though he's still in France, but he's re-signed next year for the My Ospreys. Man. So, My man. Um, a, sign of good, a sign of goodwill by the WIU, but you Jacked want your best tan. players playing. I don't know. Jack and Tan. I mean, he left for Toulon as number one Welsh come off. I'm not sure he's going to get straight back in as number one. I think Gareth Davis is potentially, possibly. Oh, well, I th- look, I think he's. I think Gareth Davis has the shirt at the moment. I think he's the number one, number nine. Mm. Tommy. Oh, uh, gone and hit me with uh, the English squad. Don Brandt in eight captain. Don Brandt is out or not? Hold in, on, brother. hold on, Dave. Say that again. Alex Don Brandt has not been picked for the England squad. Yeah, he's not been playing well, has he? It, even though. Billy Vunapola is injured. He's not been playing that well at all, mate. Limited. Yeah. Really limited. Um, um, not I, a great strike runner. Not great at little blind pass off the left to his centre to go over. He hasn't um, got it. He hasn't got it. He hasn't got it. He hasn't got it. Um, his trailing support lines aren't great. He's not quick enough. God. Except the fact that he's... On fire at the moment. Absolutely outstanding. Dominating. He, apart from the fact that he's absolutely outstanding, I can see why he hasn't been picked. Do you think it's because uh, there's been a lot of media attention around it, a lot of pundits, yep. a lot of reporters saying, Don Brandt has to be in, Don Brandt has to be in, and then Eddie Jones has looked at that thinking, well, no one's going to tell me who's in or out. I'm not going to pick him purely on that. Or am I just looking into it too deeply? I've, am I overthinking it? I hope you're wrong. Let me say that. Okay. I hope you're wrong. I think you might be right. Well, there. it has to be a valid reason. I mean, Eddie Jones isn't... He's uber bright. There's no doubt about that. He's one of the brightest yeah. men. Going. Apart, apart from Chris Finch. One of the brightest men going. Um, I don't, yeah, don't understand. I just don't understand why he's in. I don't get it. I'm not having it. Uh, Will Stewart's in. Bath tighthead, uncapped. That's, and Tom Dunn. Tom Dunn's been around there before. Will Stewart, I think, looks great. Has looked great. Um, is Devoto in? Devoto is not in. Devoto is in. Devoto is in. I'm just looking at it now. We're, we're getting it live, guys. Getting Great live. handoff and such pace as well. He's good. On yeah, the he's class. And like he's, I didn't realise he was actually that quick. He's rough as well. He's rough as well. He's, he's, that, he's, he's hard Because well. he mostly plays 12. You don't often see 12s with that much room to actually show off their pace. But he um, is... So a few guys injured. Uh, obviously, Slade's injured. Vunapola, Francis, Stockton, a singer. So Dan Cole not picked. Harry Williams in. Okay. Um, that was that was saw that coming. 
Jack Singleton is not in. I mean, he's barely played for Sarries, so you can kind of understand that. Tom Dunn's been going pretty hard for Bath. Ben Spencer, um, not in. Okay. What scrum halves they gone for then? Willie Hines and Ben Youngs. Just two? Yeah, I think so, from what I'm okay. reading here. Could okay. be wrong, but I'm just getting it through. I mean, I, yeah, that that's... I don't know. I, I, it's it's I, not difficult to bring players in, though, for injury, especially someone no, it's like not. Ben Spencer, who would know the calls fresh off the back of yeah. his appearance in the Rugby World so just Cup. Just as in the World Cup. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know... the. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a toughie, isn't it? Because it, it's easy to say well, he shouldn't be there, but you've got to pick someone else. I, yeah, I don't know. Personally, I, I still really like Dan Robson, but but Eddie Jones doesn't, and he picks the team. Um, so Ben Spencer not picked. Roy McConaughey not picked. Um, yeah, I can see that again. Like again, he's. I'm going to say we got a visitor. Sorry, we're in private investigators. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no problem. Good luck to you. Keep going. A, okay, uh, drive on. A dog went missing here a month ago. German Shepherd. Weird guy. He is fully freaked out. He's walking quick. He didn't. He didn't like that. Yeah, we had a bloke come to the window. Say, what are you doing then? What are you doing then? Um, anyway, um, Ted Hill's in. Um, no specialist number eight. So Sam Simmons not in either. To that, I say wow. Sam I say, Simmons. Wow, wow, wow. And Don Brum. Not in. Okay. Neither in. Hmm. Okay. Sort of wonder how well they would have to play to get in. Anyway, do you, I mean, do you want to win the Six Nations or you just want to turn up? I find I find that a bit of an odd one. Collect your I'll forty grand, win, lose or draw. I'll, it's I'll, not it's not that grand. much, by the way. Alex Mitchell, by the way, the uh, Saints nine is in as sort of a, an apprentice player. Oh, yeah, Phil's uh, brother, an interesting one. So. Yeah, Peggy's Peggy's dad. Um, I I just I it, it's always. You can't pick everyone, but no, you can't. You can't. I I must say I find the fact that Simmons and Don Brandt aren't there. I find Robson not being there. If he's if he's fit, God, I should have checked that. But I mean, the, the what you've got with the England squad though, which is different to the Welsh squad, mate. You've got far more teams, so there's far more players to pick from and play, more players that potentially are on form. Mm. Whilst when you look at the Welsh squad, that you know, there there won't be too many people that disappointed. That no, it's about right, isn't it? Yeah, and Ben Earl's in, and he's been absolutely class. Ted Hill's in. Really good for Worcester, been carrying nicely. Ollie Thorley, we know about Ollie Thorley. Um, One of the hard, probably the hardest runner into contact. He made a, he made a break in the first first play of the second half against Toulouse yesterday, and he ran through uh, Marchand, the French hooker, and he literally Marchand was about ninety five percent ready to start the second half, not quite a hundred percent. Big strong unit, Marchand. I mean, French international hooker, he would be. And Thorley just ran straight through him. And the point I made in comms was, you've got to be fully on it to stop that mute. Because <laughs> it goes well, so hard. You've got to be brave to be able to, to want to run that hard into contact, but also your core strength. So yeah. from, say, the, the middle of your thigh to the bottom of your pec, you know, that area has to be super strong because that's yeah. where most people try and tackle you. And, and the ones that are able to burst through the tackles are the ones that have got just super strong core there. Yeah, and um, so the lock, Alex Moon from St. Moon Saints, and he's in. Friends of Fraser Dingwall's in. Um, that's that's an interesting one. Uncapped, uh, George Furbank, who's had a great start to the season at the end of last season with Saints. Um, I was out in Lyon, and he scored a lovely try. Brilliant try line for the middle, inside ball from Bigger. Great outside swerve, pace, and all that kind of stuff. Looked great, but until that point, um, you know, I've loved watching him play, but everyone has a poor game. He had a poor game. 
or a very iffy game at best up until then. So I read somewhere, I'm not quite sure where, that because Simon, Simon Amor, the New England ta- attack coach, was watching him out in Lyon. He came to Lyon to watch and said, you know, he's he'll be very impressed. And I thought, you must be watching a different game because he's a lovely young player yeah. and he certainly won't ever be judged on one game, good, bad or indifferent. But this was not the best game he's played this season. It, it wasn't in the top couple. So he's obviously been picked on. But Jacob Umang is in as well. Um, young fly half uh, from Wasps. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, what we will do is we will properly dissect these squads in the next podcast, which yep. is the ITV Guinness Six Nations pod. They have just been released. Uh, well, Wales's was last week, England's today. Um, we'll know a little bit more with we'll injuries with and we'll everything. So, as I say, make sure you download the ITV Guinness Six Nations pod, which we will be releasing next week. Oh, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? It's going to be beaut. Now, let's have a look at some of the results from the weekend. Uh, we'll start we, won't, we won't do them all, will we? No, but we, we have to start with Saracens, OK? Yeah. This was a massive game. This was an emotional game. Um, you can see that the players are on the pitch in a, in a huddle two hours before kickoff, just just trying to refocus their minds because, you know, what, what has gone on was just absolutely huge and it, and it can just overcome you. Um, but, you know, they... You sort of you knew they were going to win that game no matter what, and they needed to, especially after losing Will Skelton to a red card. Any problems with that, boy? Absolutely none. I know you hate red cards and think the game's gone soft. <laughs> Absolutely none. He doesn't dip. Um, he doesn't lower his height. He stays quite tall. Doesn't really try to get very low. Contact is made with also it's a bit late, and it's like I just want to whack him anyway. It wasn't yeah. even a proper tackle. And he's still my favourite, though, so don't slag favorite. him off. Don't slag him off. But, you know, he's, his discipline it isn't the greatest at all. But, um, I mean, it was such a massive start from Saracens as well. You know, come firing out the blocks. Um, and then Owen Farrell throws an intercept after um, an up and under, which ends up bouncing, I think, into Rassin's hands, and they go through. Um, but you just thought Saracens were going to put 50 on him to start with. But you know when Farrell makes those mistakes and they're key mistakes? doesn't change the way he plays at all. doesn't affect him, does He's it? He's nails, doesn't he? It doesn't affect He's him. He's great. What a legend. Yeah. He's like absolutely didn't change anything he did. And he got battered after he chucked a pass and got smashed by, um, was it LaRue? I'm not sure he was, but he got back up within about 10 seconds and threw another pass then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's nails. He was. He's absolutely nails. He's hilarious. Um, but yeah, look, they they I suppose dominate the possession um, territory. I really thought it was a, a bit. It was a bit of a shot to nothing. You could hear that in the commentary from uh, the boys. Um, but Brad Barrett's kick, I mean, the kick was perfect because it bounces. If that kick doesn't bounce, Saracens don't score. But it does bounce. Really good interlinking play. Duncan Taylor, I thought, was very good, very good. defensively. Yeah. Um, he's not in the Scottish squad because of he, you know he can't get released early. Um, so he's playing six days before the first test. Yes, it's madness, and isn't it? It's, it's difficult to prepare for that. But if you're a starter, you're in that squad. I'm afraid. Surely they can give him a week off. They got 200 players. Yeah, um, Hugh Jones is back on form they've got Scott Johnson as well Hugh Jones does look good yeah he does look really He's good back scoring tries so good looking unit as well I, I, did a bit, I did a bit of corporate with him he walked in and I was like oh god he's just a great strike runner mate god, as well. I, don't, I don't want this guy around me on a night out I don't want him anywhere near me with a huge amount of pace I want um, Alan Jacobson near me not him but Vaca Tower 
um, I know that you're a little bit. You don't rate him, do you? <laughs> who doesn't rate him, mate? You think, he's, you think he's overrated, don't you? Who right? does not rate him? You. You think he's arrogant? No, I think he is phenomenal, mate. I think he's, you think he's lazy. He's the best player in the world at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, the balance that he runs—it's outrageous. Mate, he's fast, but it's just being able to be that big and that powerful, but also being able to change direction and not lose any speed. Yeah, and keep your balance. Yeah, because it's not as easy as you think. Like some people are natural at it, others aren't. You look at say Lee Halfpenny when he steps. You know, he he slows his whole body down, then he steps, and then he goes again. Whilst you watch Vakatawa, he just goes steps and he still maintains that that pace and that power, so he doesn't lose any momentum. And a difficult man to stop. He's he's just painfully difficult to stop and just an absolute treat to watch. But you think, but I yeah, I just spoke about it. you think when Owen Farrell throws that intercept, you think, ah, right, it's not going to be Saracen's day. Will Skelton gets a red card. It's not that day, but they grind out a win. So I was with uh, watching it on my phone at. Uh, the stad Ernest Vallon before Toulouse lost the game and I was watching it on and off with Scott Spedding and he goes oh god it's not great for Saris or whatever and I said oh, they'll win that they'll definitely beat Racing a little bit of luck you know the the knock on from Elliot Daly when the ball goes up in the air Saracens end up scoring off that but yeah. I mean that's such a small element that's such a small knock that's fingertips they are missed five six times through a game so yeah. you can't look back at that and think oh Saracens were lucky um, things like that go unnoticed all the time. You know, had Saracens not scored, no one ever would have picked that up at all. Yeah, um, and I think we'll, we'll jump around a, a bit. Off the but, head as well, but as it? for the other main, the main Sunday fixture, Toulouse, Gloucester, Gloucester went out there without Cipriani, without Fraser Balmain. So you go out there without your top fly half and your top tight head. They were struggling up front from the very start. Really, I thought the first twenty minutes, Toulouse shocked Gloucester with. Yeah basically how hard they hit them they were so physical and we made the point in comms and some of you listening to this may have watched it um on bt and it was there's it's easy to talk about you know Untermac and tomai ramos who are, i'm still not quite sure about him but anton antoine dupont and nine was just outrageously good like it was like watching yashvili again who by the way was um smoking fags and drinking wine 15 minutes before kickoff commentating on french tv what a legend um he was there. It's like watching him again. It was just absolutely knows what to do all the time. Um, Arky, Peter Arky in the midfield was fab. Guitoun, uh, Sofiane Guitoun was great. They're just wonderful players everywhere. But I tell you what, that is not what Toulouse are about. It's not what they're about. They are power. They've got yeah. so much power. Joe Takori was a beast. Charlie Famuina was a beast. These guys were, these guys were fantastic. And um, Marchand was great. And, Castets, the loose head, he's keeping Cyril by, who's a seasoned international on the bench. They have got power everywhere. Reinhard Elstad in the back row. Jerome Kano, Cross will be in the French starting team, they think. It's just like, and Gloucester just got minced a bit, to be mm. honest. They stuck in it really well. Physically, just got minced up a bit. And then in the scrum just got properly tuned. And there's just not a huge amount you can do about that. Um, but Toulouse looked good enough to win it. Yeah. But, but Charlie Famuina. Um, the All Black went off he hurt his knee and went off Dorian Aldegheri the tight head also very good strong guy came on was dicking around and I forget who he grabbed it might have been Joe Simpson just trying to chuck him on the floor just being a bit of a nose basically pulled him back into his own knee hyperextended his knee and went off in absolute agony so they may have lost their two top tight heads and I think they struggle to win Europe without their two top tight heads that's how 
much emphasis they put on their power game. But they were they were very impressive. Northampton um, come back against Lyon. Um, I was there, when I? Again, Dan Bigger had a great game, I thought. Mm. Um, when they get into that set-up position that we see so many teams do now where you put that pass behind a, a forward to a, um, another back, um, I think when Northampton get it right, they're as good as any team. And we saw that. We saw it. Dan Bigger, I think, hit in. Um, Hutchinson, who comes flying through, probably should have given it first time, but they, they end up scoring from it anyway. Um, Cobus Reinhardt, again, shows us that he's probably the quickest thing around at the moment with just unbelievable pace. Maybe gets away with it by tripping up. I can't remember who it was, one of the Leon players running back. Um, there is connection made with the heel of his shoe and he, he falls over. But he just looks super quick and it was a real decent win by Northampton in the end. And You know, it's it's a tough ask for them to go to Exeter, but I can't see any reason why they could not go there and win with the the style they're playing at the moment. They found a style that suits. Um, I think it's it's led by Tamana Harrison up front, Courtney Laws as well. Those two are so good at the moment. The front row, I think, is is really good. The scrum's good. So yeah, Owen Franks has made a big difference. Yeah. It seems in the short term because their strong their scrum has been struggling a bit. It was absolutely rock solid. Xavier Chockey's Leon Lou said lots of play for too long when they were at their best and a few France caps and he's he's big and he's got a big rep but I think he's he's actually being frank he's not the best um, pretty ill disciplined but Owen Franks had absolutely no bother with Chockey whatsoever yeah. and I thought that's looks like a hopefully that's a really good signing for that I think that I just think the, the biggest difference I think in Northampton is is damn bigger and the confidence he's playing with at the moment yeah. I just think he's running the show um, I know I spoke about it early on but He's no more just a 10 that is linking with forwards, linking with backs. He's actually a running threat, putting inside balls. You know, he's actually challenging the line. And that just creates so much space for others outside of him. He's going into the Six Nations campaign now full of confidence, rightly so. I hope he doesn't get injured. And um, if he plays well, Wales will play well. Yeah, it was um, a pleasing performance to watch from Northampton. Um didn't see, haven't seen yet because it's still Monday morning here and I didn't get back from Toulouse till midnight But last night. But um, Quinns against Claremont. Now, um, I just spoke to a referee, not a referee, a match official out in Toulouse. And I said, did you see the Claremont game in Qu- at Quinns? And he said, yeah. I said, did Claremont cheat in the scrums towards the end to get Slimani back on? He went, yeah, flat out cheated. Yeah. I was like, all right. And I saw Yashvili and said, that was a Claremont game. And he was like, yeah, they cheated. I was like, Claremont cheat. Did Claremont cheat? Yeah. I said, oh, God, that's not great. And he goes, yeah, but I'm sorry. You can't take any criticism from Quinns for cheating. And laughed and walked off. <laughs> and, it was like, and it was like, as, as in Bloodgate, I was like, I, yeah. think, I think we're still allowed to criticise Claremont for cheating. But, yeah, um, they, did, they did, mate. It was, it was really obvious. You could see Paul Gostard, um, Paul Gostard, sorry, just... Ridiculous, mate. This day and age, they should, you know, but... Just fuming. You can't tell someone they're not hurt. It's You know, you just trust, trust teams not to do that. When you were mentioning um, Don Brown earlier had another good game and it was his yeah. pass it was a blind pass off the hip to Luke Northmore who scores a try he's looking good Northmore looks well yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you he looked really well I went at the Cardiff Blues Calvasano game at the weekend to the kids um, I'm a just great guy great day out for them um, yeah board senseless well they had iPads sweets and they Perfect. went on the pitch after yeah a couple of cans of cider had loads of photos 20 B&H yeah. um, and Gareth Llewellyn's son 
Gathwen second Clue. Clue. Clue, yeah. His son um, came off the bench and played really well. Had a couple of line breaks. Second row, his father was, and he's got the... Possibly not as tall as his dad, but he's big. Yeah. And looked good, I thought. Great, yeah. I've, yeah. Been, I've been reading that he looks sharp, actually. That's very nice. That's uh, but stuff. if we have a look at the quarterfinals, Big Dave, um, yeah. it starts off with Leinster versus Saracens. There's only one winner there. Rugby Union. Um, well, that's, that's brutal, isn't that's it? That's the heavyweights. <laughs> I still, I actually think Leinster are a better team, um, but we all know that we all know that Saris can go there and win. We also know that Leinster love home quarterfinals and semis on the way to winning European Cups. I just think this could be a bit of a this could Saracens could want it more because of everything that's gone on because because of being relegated because of all the bad negative press that's gone around with it it's a bit of a well they need it more it's a bit of a this will galvanise us this will motivate us I'm, I'm picking Saracens to win are you one. yeah okay sorry I mean, I'm we obviously impartial but I would um, I would rather love Saris to win that but uh, cause I think it's just great to talk about but um, I think Leinster will win that Claremont Rassin yeah I mean it's like you know when um, speaking of Saris when Claremont um, and Scott Spedding sort of told me from behind the scenes that the, the boss at Claremont was just absolutely obsessed with Saracens. Saracens this, Saracens that, and they they drew them in the pool and they beat them at they beat them at um, Marcel Michelin, and then they went. Remember, it was cancelled and replayed on the Monday or whatever it was, and absolutely battered Saris. And they finally did it, and then lost at home to Racing in the quarter final. And it was like, God, if only we'd been obsessed with Racing, we might have won that. Yeah, um, yeah, Claremont Racing. I actually having watched Claremont. When they're at their best, they just roll through teams. I don't think they're at their best. And I know Racing lost to Saris at the weekend and they weren't brilliant for the whole game, only sort of the sort of second quarter, really, and they didn't really feature in the second half. But I, I actually think Racing might go there and do a job. It did help that uh, Racing lost a player with 10 minutes to go, which evened it out. Bernard LaRue, yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely helped. Um, but but I, st- I reckon Racing do uh, that. Next. Toulouse, Ulster. Now, Ulster beat Bath the weekend. They've gone about this really quietly. They haven't got a home draw, but Will Addison was just brilliant. Oh, wasn't the weekend. he? That... Uh, Billy Burns ends up creating that try, but it's the it's the show and go. It's the one-handed offload, um, I think, to uh, Balakun that is just it's just beautiful. And then he and then it's um, the show. It's the dummy. The yeah, break. it's just beautiful. And then he gets on the end of another try. Uh, um, another try. Then five ten minutes later, um, John Cooney's on great form. Coatsy is phenomenal. Ian Henderson, McCluskey, Stockdale. You know it's. I wouldn't McCloskey not pick the Ireland squad. Yeah, hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count them out. I mean, I think if it was, I think if Ulster had to lose home, I'd be saying Ulster win definitely. Yeah, I, I at think the moment though, I'm think I'm I'm going to go to lose. I'm going to say ridiculous statement. If Charlie Famarina's fit and his knees all right, to lose win that quarter final. If he's not fit, if they don't if they don't have one of their Aldegheri or Famarina starting, I think there is Ulster have got actually a shot of winning out there because Toulouse were fab in patches but they th- third quarter of that game they were useless ju- At, half an hour that second half they were they were chucking balls chucking double miss passes when they didn't need to yeah. looping balls into touch they were all they were rubbish yet they can produce something wonderful I just think the Toulouse power at home will be the difference yep. next um, last one we have Exeter versus Northampton you say Saints don't you I don't say Saints you do you said it earlier but I said you, they're going there with a genuine chance to win now. You wouldn't have said that last year, probably at the start of the season. But after the way they've played, 
qualifying in seventh position. And the style of play with Dan Big, with Reinhardt, with um, the whole of the, the pack as well, Wood. Um, Tom Wood's playing brilliant. He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, Tim um, Harrison, Courtney. Tim Harrison, Courtney Laws. Mikey Hayward. Yeah. He's brilliant, Leon. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. Because you, you look at that, Exeter, Northampton, Exeter at home, you just think Exeter all day long. But I am going Exeter, but I just don't think it'll be that. I don't think Exeter all day long. I don't I think, think it'll be Exeter that close. are the best team in I England, think it'll be close. But... I think it'll be close, but I do think they're the same as you. Basically, the same as you, yeah. Yeah, but I th- yeah, Saints could do that. Um, just a quick mention to about uh, the Balakoon offload. Um, it's brilliant. He's been he's been so good for Ulster these last. Will Addison? No, Balakoon. Balakoon yeah. on the wing. Been so good defensively and attack as well. Really, really underrated, I think. Um, yeah. Because one of Ulster's best players. Well, he was an unsung hero until now. You've now made him a sung hero. I've he's a well-sung. He's a well-sung hero. Captain. So I remember people used to like did an interview once, and they were like, "Oh, Richard Hill, you know, back in England when we were at Sarri, he's a Richard Hill unsung hero." I was like, "Unsung hero? He's got seventy caps and a World Cup. How's that unsung?" Yeah. He's widely regarded as one of the best players on the planet. That's not unsung. He just doesn't do loads of press. Shane Williams was sort of an unsung hero. Oh, yeah, the Welsh Wizard. Yeah. And the Welsh Wizard, tons of caps. Yeah, unsung, Jason Robinson was unsung, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, just like Dan Carter. No one knew how good he was until he was playing. Oh, that's right. Before we wrap up this extended extra long pod, Special pod flats, yeah. I have to mention um, a player that I played with years and years ago in Middlesex, a guy called Kevin Fisher. He was the number 10. Yep. I was in the centre with Lewis Gunn. Um, some really unfortunate news. Um, he's got a brain tumour and um, they're doing a, a massive fundraiser for him um, this weekend at Cobham Rugby Club. Unfortunately, I can't make it, but I'm trying to get some stuff down there, um, some Welsh stuff signed. Hopefully, he can raise some money in a raffle in the auction. Brilliant player. Um, played for Middlesex for a few years. You were playing it with Kent. I'm sure we f- I faced you a couple of times in Welsh Park. Up. Smashed you boys up. It was a great squad there. Declan Danaher, he was he was playing there back row, still at London Irish now. Some brilliant players there. So, yeah, um, just such such sad news. Let's hope they raise a ton of money. Yeah. If anybody wants to go down there or send anything, get into it. Help yeah. out. Okay, there we are. Well done, boy. Oh yeah, and we said we were going to speak to Alex Lowe, but he is actually flat out with the England squad announcement. So we're actually going to get him when we're not so rushed. We'll speak to him next week or the week after. Yeah, listen to us next week on the ITV Guinness Six Nations pod, all right? Yeah, ta Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.